Welcome to another episode of Take the Hill, a leadership podcast dedicated to conversations about leadership. So it's been said that there's an important difference between giving up and letting go. Giving up implies acceptance of the hand you have been dealt. Letting go, however, implies understanding. Understanding that some things are outside of your control. Understanding that your plans may have to change. And understanding that today, you will need to take smaller steps than anticipated. But tomorrow, you will be better prepared when the opportunity presents itself. So right now, we have multiple generations present within our workforce, ranging from baby boomers all the way to millennials. So our conversation today is going to illuminate the narratives of these generations based upon their lived experiences and how they are reshaping the leadership and reshaping our organizations post the global pandemic that we're experiencing right now. We have not scripted any of these conversations as before. This is live to tape. And again, what you're hearing is an authentic conversation about leadership and their experiences. Joining us will be Jevin and Miranda from the Roland School of Business at Point Park University and Hannah and Emily from the Human Resources and Employment Relations Program at Indiana University of Pennsylvania. All right, next, welcome. we want to welcome to the show both Emily and Hannah, who are students within the HRER program at Indiana University of Pennsylvania. So Dennis, I'm going to turn the show over to you to uh, get us started. Yeah. Hi, Emily. Hi, Hannah. I just wanted to start out with a quick question. Um, Why do you believe your generation is equipped to lead us into what we will become the new normal? Well, I think that we've grown up with different technologies and just adapting to different technologies and different phases through all the technologies. So I think that since coronavirus has happened, this is it's just another adaptation that we've had to do. It's nothing completely out of the ordinary for us. Um, A lot of us are already used to using Zoom and other remote uh, programs, so it's nothing too different. Okay. Uh, Hannah, do you have uh, anything you'd like to share? I'm not sure we are. (laughs) Um, Mostly because I think sometimes we take such an individualistic stance that we forget to look at the group and the ethics of the group and really be able to come to the table. I think we believe so much in what we stand for as a person that it's harder to come together in a group and be understanding and accepting. Um, I think the United States is a huge paver for freedom and equality, just as we always have been. But I think we fail to look at what the rest of the world is doing and really understand what freedoms that we have. And we're very quick to complain about, oh, this is happening here and it's not fair. And um, I don't like this about everything. When, if you look at other parts of the world, we're so much more developed than them. And we're not always grateful for what we have. And I think you need that gratuity to be able to move into the future. That's a really interesting take. And I think this is almost a really perfect Um, laboratory, uh, what we're in right now, because you guys, as Emily said, you're very comfortable with technology. But as Hannah said, you're also come from a perspective of almost a little bit more on the side of an individualistic approach or lens. So for example, here we are, we're in Zoom, right? So how do you guys then propose, for example, leading a meeting, right? So we, we might be in this virtual environment 
a little bit more period of time. How, if we're focused on what I want or what my needs are, how do we then give the opportunity for everybody to be collaborative in an online or virtual environment then? I definitely think it makes things a lot harder to collaborate and work together. Um, just because it is difficult for multiple people for multiple people to talk on Zoom at the same time. Um, a lot of people end up talking over each other. So there's that. Um, but yes, that definitely is a barrier that we have trying to collaborate together on Zoom with that. What do you think, Hannah? In in my personal experience, um, we have meetings and then I'm chatting with certain members of those meetings to find out, you know, what are they really going for? I've really grown, I think, in my professional career and from being a part of the master's program at IUP to try to find out what other people are doing and try to be able to come to a mutual understanding and maybe give up a little bit of what I want. But I do still find that, you know, we're on one side of the table arguing for what we want and we're chatting about it through zoom individually about oh what do we say next what do we do how do we go about this to to really do our viewpoint um and it's not necessarily helpful because we don't come to an actual agreement you know sometimes we do give up what we want but something that i think about is how in other cultures you know emily and i couldn't lead a meeting if we're having an international meeting there would be no respect. There would be, they wouldn't be listening in other cultures if we were the ones who are leading a meeting. So I think that's part of the things that you have to do too with Zoom and, you know, giving up those individual tendencies is we'd have to understand that from a business perspective, we have to take a step down. I don't like it, but unfortunately, if you want to do business with an international company, sometimes that is what you'd have to do. And something just like kind of stuck out to me, um, one of the biggest issues for leaders and most leaders in leadership is the idea of organizational change or change in a whole. And that one word that Emily used to adapt, your generations uh, probably adapts easier than most. So uh, as we are experiencing all these different changes, I guess I would ask in your opinion, do you think your generation is, from what you were saying, are more equipped to handle uh, change, or is change not an issue with your generation? You know what? I, I'm going to jump in, and please disagree with me. Um, I think having taken kids abroad and getting them kind of exposed to different cultures, and as you said, some may have limitations based on gender, sexual preference, and, and so on and so forth, um, but not all of them do. But I think one of the things when they come back is the ability to adapt and change and understanding, have that understanding from a larger perspective. So to address your question, I think as you guys have gone through the program at IUP, it has given you that broader perspective. So even though you are more in tune to some of the shortcomings that may still exist within the workplaces, you have the ability or the, to kind of make the incremental steps to change that with that end goal in mind. I'm going to let you guys respond though too. Um, yeah, I, I agree with what you said. And 
I also think there's more opportunities today than there were to study abroad, like you said. So that definitely impacts the way that my generation's mindset is compared to my parents' generations or further on with that. What do you think, Hannah? I think we're really good at adapting technologically, but I think sometimes emotionally it gets yeah. harder to adapt. Um, so I'm just kind of formulating that in my mind is, yeah, yeah technologically, I think um, technologically and the hard parts of your environment, we can switch to work from home. We can work in the office. We can be traveling. We can do all that stuff. That stuff's fine to adapt to. But again, I think the emotional needs, I think we actually have more trouble than. Yeah. Why do you think so? I think things are just constantly changing. And part of that is because of the technology, you know, slang terms that used to be acceptable or you grew up with being acceptable or are culturally acceptable in one region. So like I'm from South Central PA and things here versus Pittsburgh are completely different. So when something changes in mainstream Pittsburgh or New York City, it's very slow to get here. Now, because we are more culturally connected, it does eventually get here versus, you know, um, you know, not getting here. <laughs> um, but it, it is slow and then we're slower to change because I think we're more resistant because of the fact that it is slow. So why do you guys think members of older generations, such as ourselves, are afraid of the younger generation? I think we're fast paced. I think things just move so much faster than what it's used to. Um, or maybe even the way that it should. Like, I hope a part of the new norm is the slowing down. And because I, I think this coronavirus and us being stuck at home, it, it's really forced a lot of us to slow down and really look at, like, I can tell you my workload is not as much as what it is. So I'm like, well, what do I do with my time now? <laughs> and trying to figure that out. And it's really putting in the quality versus the quantity personally right now and I hope that's something that we continue with yeah and to add on on to that um I also think that some of our tendencies and the way that we like to do things is a little bit different from other generations and that can sometimes make other generations feel like we aren't working as hard or not doing the work the way that we should be even though we're just doing it a different way that makes yeah, and it does, because I think one of the things that we sometimes feel is that we have to kind of give up some of the responsibility to some of the younger generations. And the fact that you do work differently scares us, right? Because, again, we have kind of our expectations that you have to do it this way or it should look this way. But you guys may do things quicker, differently, end up in the exact same place. And I think that's a tough lesson for us to kind of accept sometimes. Um, but it's interesting for me, and I don't know if Dennis, you agree with this or not. Um, it's forcing you to slow down a little bit. That's the first time that I've heard that. And I'm wondering if that's something your friends are also kind of experiencing as well. I have to, I have to agree. Uh, you know, as, as they were talking, and I, I'm probably the oldest guy here. Um, I feel like I'm ancient. 
But uh, again, you look at some at the way we did things in the past. Like if you had to do some kind of research, you had to actually physically go to a library and have to look through books, articles, index cards. You had to keep no. I mean, that's how you did research. And now you have what this thing they call a computer, and everything's done so much quicker. And I think that, and again, I, I've used this example in my classes where, you know, some older generations say the younger generation is lazy. I disagree. I think the younger generation actually works more efficient and faster. And that's why I thought of that right away when you guys said it's you're slowing down. I, I guess that would be difficult because it was tough for me to speed up. <laughs> and uh, so, again, um, I, I, I see the challenge. So I agree with that. So is slowing down is it a positive thing or is it a negative thing i don't know i think it's positive i mean okay. i just even think about the work days like it used to be called a nine to five and now i'm seven thirty to four like i have to take a half hour lunch there's been jobs where i was forced to take an hour lunch that's another hour that i'm away from home that i don't really want to be away from home frankly but it's not my choice um and then I just think about what did people get done in the nine to five. I'm, I'm in talent acquisition and recruitment. I've seen the call sheets from before there was computers. We get so much more done now and yet our, our work days longer. And if we're more efficient, shouldn't it be shorter? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, I mean, I think slowing down is a good thing because I think it makes us take a look at what are we requiring people to do? How much of their times are they spending on work? Um, I did just read an article that people are actually working longer days being at home. I'm not personally affected that. I feel like I'm working shorter days because when I'm done, like I'm going to go do my dishes or something (laughs) like that, or on my lunch break, I'm going to clean my bathroom or do a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I, you know, I feel like I'm getting more of my me time back, which is helping me shorten my days because I'm remembering that life isn't all just about work. Yeah, and, I think it's a positive thing. Yeah, and I'd love to hear your thoughts too, Emily, because I think this segues great into our next question about what really is our workplace going to look like in the future? Because again, like you said, the hours thing is interesting because I, I sometimes feel like I'm working longer hours at times, but in between there, I'm you know outside swinging with my kids or I'm out mm-hmm. planting you know some, some trees or something like that, right? So it it's really is different. So what do you think, Emily? Yeah, um, I've heard different things with what's been going on. Some people feel like they're getting more work done. Some people feel like they're getting less work done. Some people are working longer hours. Some are working less hours. Um, A good example is I have a friend who works at Bank of New York Mellon, and he said he feels like he is there's no work for him to do. He just sits on his computer for eight hours a day, does whatever's needed to be done and then that's it and then there's other people that it feels like they're getting more work put on to them because certain areas of the company are laid off or aren't able to work so they're taking on more responsibilities and it's it's harder for some people whenever they're at home because they can get distracted doing laundry or watching tv or anything like that so i think it just honestly depends on the person and the work that they have to do what other areas do you guys think, in addition to kind of maybe the work hours or how you measure effective, effectiveness or efficiency, uh, do you think the workplace is going to change once we do go back to work? 
I mean, I, I know this isn't direct, but I, I'm going to get more direct as it goes. I think we'll see more companies work from home because I think there's going to be a financial impact. And if you can get rid of all the dead space of offices and electricity bills and internet bills, like if you can get rid of all that and put that back on the employee and then the employee can just get a tax deduction for it. I think that's a great way to save money, especially if you're already financially strapped and have been doing it for how many of our months that you've been doing it, because some things are saying 18 to 24 months now. Mm-hmm. Um, so to that, how do you affect measure effectiveness when you're not seeing people in the office? But I would counter that. And how do you know how effective people are in the office just because you see sure. them? It doesn't mean that they're <laughs> actually working. <laughs> that's um, true. So, I think more deadlines will come. I think more check-ins will come. I think you'll see more video meetings, which actually might mean more meetings to people in general, which I know that that's kind of been a slope of death by (laughs) meeting. So you lower your meetings and you're like, well, now I'm not seeing people enough or interacting with people enough. Um, But the other thing I would say is um, I learned really quickly in the workplace when I entered the workplace in uh, 2014 that, I was not social enough. Um, Mm. I was always told that, you know, I'm not asking people how their days are. I'm not checking in with that. And once I started doing that, because I got that feedback, I felt like I was spending so much time not working. I was spending so much time socializing, like you're paying me to socialize, which I didn't get. Um, And I've, I've grown accustomed to it since, you know, in the six years that I've been working in the workforce. But I find that I'm still checking in with my coworkers and that I, I'll spend a half hour on a meeting talking to a coworker, checking in like, hey, what's going on with your day? We'll talk personal stuff. We'll talk work stuff. But at the end of the day, that's a half hour that I'm not doing work, that I don't feel like I'm being effective. So how do those social standards play in when you're expected to socialize and be a good coworker and not just get your work done? How does that change when you become work at home like we had two employees start who have never been in the office well their standards of socializing are going to be different than mine so i'm sorry to kind of change up your question there but no that's okay (laughs) (laughs) that's the idea what do you think emily yeah i agree with everything that hannah said i think there's going to be a lot of differences um with working from home versus being in the office and even if companies still do have offices I think that they will be more flexible with employees working from home. Um, I also think even like Hannah said, there'll be more meetings via Zoom or other video chats and even hiring people on um, phone interviews and Skype interviews have always been a thing, but I feel like they're going to be a little bit more prominent now because that's what we've been getting used to these this last month and a half. So that can that's definitely going to change. Um, I think all businesses are going to change, not just office settings. Um, universities are going to change. They're going to be offering more remote classes um, and have that technology along with even doctor's offices. I know there's a lot of those electric or um, video chat <laughs> appointments that they've been doing. So I think that's even going to change as well. I, I am concerned about that. I'm concerned about the loss of jobs because um, I actually do work for a healthcare system and we moved a lot of our appointments to telehealth. And when you move to telehealth, well, you don't have the medical assistant tucking the blood pressure and the temperature and all that kind of stuff. Um, 
there's a need for less people when you move to telehealth. And that's something that me and my coworkers have kind of been chatting about too, is are we going to see a loss of jobs because of this? Because when you move to telehealth, it kind of becomes more efficient that you need less people. I find this very interesting. And is I think that many of the organizations, the light bulbs going off and saying, hey, this is great. We're actually more effective or we can accomplish this without uh, these brick and mortar and uh, we can do this. And, but you, you guys are talking about they were switching things to more remotely or virtually. Now, my concern is the social aspect of it. How do you think you guys are going to handle that social aspect of it? Because now you're no longer going to have that that uh, one-on-one, that face-to-face, that the ability to build relationships. And relationships, to me, are one of the most important things when we're talking about leadership. So how do you think that's all going to change? So, I mean, I kind of touched base on that. I think I would thrive in that because that was always my negative piece of feedback is that (laughs) – I'm not social enough um, because I just wanted to go in and get my work done and keep my head down. I think it'll be difficult for a lot of people. um, And points from the classes that I've taken with Dr. F of ethics classes is relationship building is has to do with a lot of different things of how you get things done, of how you build your career. So I think it'll be interesting to see how you you can build your career. And I think you'll need the same thing. I think you'll need the ability to chat up somebody who can be in your corner um, through IM, which is something that I would say it's fair to say Emily and I have been doing since middle school. (laughs) (laughs) I think it'll just be building relationships remotely. Um, I have a class with Dr. F right now where he talked about people were saying when Facebook and MySpace and all those things came out, he said, how could somebody be your friend from Alaska that you've never met in person before? Um, I think those are the skills that you're going to have to use in the workplace, too, is how do you find a random virtual friend from Alaska when you're over here in PA (laughs) that you've never actually met in person before? It'd be the same skills that um, some people have a hard time grasping, but I think that would be the way that you'd have to learn to build relationships. Well, yeah, and not to change the subject, but I'm I'm glad you're paying attention in class. So that's um, sorry, I didn't mean that. Emily. Yeah, I'm one of those people that I like to have the social aspect of everything, face-to-face contact. Um, I agree that that is important with building relationships, especially for leadership. And I think that can still be done. Um, via video chat and just talking on the phone. Like Hannah said, we've been doing this since we were in middle school. So it's kind of a way that we're used to forming relationships. Um, So I don't think that would be too big of a problem with my generation, but I do understand where people still like to have that face-to-face and social aspect. I mean, I'll be honest, I haven't seen my director, my VP, or like any of my leadership spaces and weeks and I'm okay with it. <laughs> I've heard their voices. Like we've had plenty of phone conversations, but um, I haven't seen their faces and I don't feel like it's had a huge effect on me. And what's interesting is this kind of brings us back to some of that very first points that you guys made about that challenge between us as a society kind of being a little bit more individualistic, right? So those of us that 
you know, would prefer to be a little bit quieter or focus on our jobs as opposed to socializing, um, maybe for that half, you know, it might work out really well, right? But those of us who, you know, are a little bit more social and, and kind of utilize that as leverage a little bit more um, may have to come up with a, another way to figure out how to do that, right? Maybe virtually. And I, and I think that second group, to me personally, they've always been the more successful group um, in terms of being able to build their career and whatnot. Um, I think the first group's probably a little bit more efficient about getting their work done. Plenty of career opportunities and promotions for both. It's mm-hmm. it's just a different style of work. Um, I think you'll still see those second group climb the ladder a little quicker than the first group because they'll they'll still learn how to use chat and video and use that to the advantage and to fulfill their social needs at the end of the day. All right, Dennis. Any final questions? No, I think uh, I think we've covered. Uh, a wide range of uh, territory there. So I think I'm good. Excellent. Well, we want to thank both of you, Emily and Hannah, for coming on our show today. Um, I think uh, we covered, as Dennis said, uh, certainly a a lot of territory, but I also love that you guys push back as well. Uh, Because again, that's an important part of this process. Again, because like you said, no one person, like you said, owns 100% of the truth. Right. So, again, it's it's important to have some of these courageous conversations on both sides. And I think that's what's going to enable us to both individually and collectively be successful uh, in the future together. So thank you, guys. We do appreciate it. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for having us. All right. I'd like to welcome to the show both Miranda and Jevin, who are both recent. Hello, <laughs> graduates of the Roland School of Business at Point Park University. So thank you guys for joining us today. Hey, thank you for thank having you. us. Wonderful. All right, Dennis. Hi, Miranda. Hi, Devin. Um, I just want to start out with uh, with this question is, uh, why do you believe your generation is equipped to lead us into what we will become or what will become the new normal? Oh, boy. Miranda. You want me to go first? Okay. Yeah, ladies um, first, always, always. Okay, ladies first. Okay, so um, I definitely think our generation is more tech savvy, as I like to call it, with the change in like everything going into a lot of technology. I know in my field at Disney, with ticketing, anything like that, it's all online, pretty much. You book your resort, you book anything online. So I feel like our generation is really into this whole technology things and we're more adapted to this change. So I know from experience, I won't go into a lot of detail, but a lot of the older generations would happen to like come up to us and be like, hey, how do you turn on an iPad? <laughs> Something <laughs> like that. Um, and I just feel like we are very adapting to like this whole change, you know, whether it's when we do go back to work, the, that changes or anything like that. Um, that's kind of kind of how I view that. Um, I'm not the best with technology, but I know like bits and pieces of it. I'm learning as I go and I'm more willing to learn more and change, you know, whether what to do um, in regards to everything where I feel like some of the older generations are kind of like, no, we want to do our typical routine and everything like that. Makes sense. Jevin, what do you think? So uh, it's funny because like um, I feel that Miranda and I have very similar, but we have different perspectives mm-hmm. because we're in different careers. Uh, mm-hmm. 
I, I feel like a lot of this change is going to be, um, I remember um, 9-11. And when 9-11 happened, it was very weird for people. And, and they didn't expect, like, some of the security mm-hmm. and some of the safety on public safety. Um, they didn't really think about the medical. They didn't really think about any of that. And as the as time went on, we had to adapt to be able to go mm-hmm. into the security systems. And, you know, oh, someone could come in and, like, really... Um, shoot us up or take us out or any way murder wise, which is kind of sad and, and you don't want that, but mm-hmm. you think of it that way. Now with this pandemic, I think it's going to have a different effect. I think it's going to have a similar effect with our country, mm-hmm. but a, a, a different effect where we're not always going to, we're going to always think, be conscious of our health mm-hmm. knowing that we could actually be affected by where we put our cup, who touched our cup, who, mm-hmm. Like, if we're at the office, like, are we going to actually get infected in a way where we could lose our life? Like, I think it's going to be more cautious with how we see the technology and, and sports and entertainment mm-hmm. by understanding that if we're at an arena, I'm going to go and grab a drink for my buddy. Oh, wait, he could have a disease. I could catch it from him. And now it might be, I'm going to go get my own drink and I'm going to go and try to really mm-hmm. protect myself, even though I want to have fun. I'm going to be more conscious of where I'm coming in the workplace and knowing that people around me could have a bigger and greater effect on my health. Um, I think health will be very important going into the workplace and and getting us back to where we want to go because, you know, our career, I was actually talking to my parents, um, you know, it's kind of sad with us graduating during this time, you know, it's hard being a senior and knowing that my career is sports arts and entertainment and that all has to deal with large crowds um Mm -hmm. and when you have to talk about being in that entertainment and that side of things it's going to change how people interact with you than what they did before like i'm not saying and i don't believe we'll be in an era where we always wear masks but i have i believe we're going to be in an era where we Mm -hmm. always have hand sanitizer where we always have a conscious of how can i protect myself in a way where i'm not rude to the person but I'm also trying to, you know, have fun and go to the sporting event and support the entertainment that I enjoy as well. So do you guys think then, either at Disney or the, mm-hmm. in the sports world, which are both kind of intermingled because you have both yeah. of those yes. areas. Mm-hmm. For sure. You guys brought up the point, okay, you guys are good with technology, which I agree with yeah. completely. <laughs> yeah, and us older guys, folks, yeah. you know, sometimes we get it and sometimes we don't, yeah. right? Um, it's do we need to then maybe shift the model a little bit and say, okay, you know what? You guys got the technology. My role then becomes, here's the vision. And I need to give up a little bit of uh, authority or leadership or management and say, you know what? You guys are skilled. You guys can figure out how to get from point A to point B. Use your technology, use your skill sets. And now it's for me to focus maybe on the strategic vision or the leadership side of things, perhaps. Yeah, I I get that. Um, It's definitely going to be like a challenge, especially like at Disney, because when where Jevin was going at with the whole like being more cautious and everything, um, it's going to be interesting with whenever we open how like the protocols that's going to happen whenever, you know, I've been reading kind of articles, nothing official yet, obviously, but they're going to be testing cast members, employees, you know, coming in. Are we going to do that with guests? You know, like our younger generation, I I don't mind if it's for my safety. I don't, I don't mind, you know, and mm-hmm. that, that's just me personally. 
But I feel like that older generation definitely might be more hesitant with, I don't want you to take my temperature. I don't want to be wearing a mask. I don't want to be, you know, where some other, you know, I think that's going to be a challenge that we're going to have. But I think that's definitely could be something down the road, definitely with like us younger generations being like, yeah, you know, kind of like running around, running the show, you know, with this technology. But um, I feel like there's going to be those other generations where they might take offense to that, you know, they might just be like, well, you know, that's not where we want to be at. We don't want to be in leadership. We like kind of being, you know, with these younger generations, we want to be, you know, frontline and not more behind the scenes kind of viewpoint with that. Does that Um, add a, a, go ahead, Jevin. No, no, it's okay. If you, if you want to go, I was going to say, I think it's really cool because Miranda has a great point. And I think Mm -hmm. that to add on her point is, I think we all have to think about adaptability is going to be mm-hmm. very important. Can yeah. people adapt? Are are people going to be willing to adapt? In my opinion, I think they will. Because mm-hmm. looking looking from 9-11 and being able to adapt to go on a plane through, like, the crazy security that we had to, knowing yeah. that our lives are being saved because of it, I think now with going to a park and having to take my temperature, I mm-hmm. think we will adapt. Because we will sacrifice what we need to to be able to have mm-hmm. some fun. And that's why I think our careers will continue. It's just going to take adaptability and new mm-hmm. strategic plan like you have said that like leadership has to understand that they, so we all talked about like in, in our classes, when we had classes with you, Patrick, that when we, what are baby boomers going to do with us new, you know, uh, mm-hmm. millennials and I mean, it's going to be harder now. I, I don't think it's going to be easier. I don't think this pandemic has made it easier for us and baby yeah. boomers and, and older generations, because I think it's going to be hard when, say, we're easier to adapt, other other generations aren't. And mm-hmm. it's going to be a very hard thing for everyone to kind of understand, okay, we had this issue already. Now it's like emphasized even yeah. more. Mm-hmm. So how are we going to, you know what I mean? It's just, it's going to be an interesting world. Mm-hmm. I had the, uh, you know, I, I'm a boomer. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> boom, boom. Um, but no. Um, again, you brought up some very interesting uh, concepts. And um, so I got to ask, I, I have found it difficult when I'm going into a store mm-hmm. to interact with the face mask on. And yeah. I get very frustrated and very, I don't know what you would call it, but uh, I just want to leave. So I don't yeah. I don't get to shop like I would like to. Yeah. Um, but again, now we're, we're focusing this question we kind of focused on you the younger generation as future leaders. So mm-hmm. how would you encourage, because I'm not going away and neither yeah. are all of the other boomers. Yeah. Yes, um, so, so how do you take the mixture of the two generations and you as future leaders who have to put up with us boomers, how do you, how do you, how do you encourage them? How do you bring them into the mix mm-hmm. so that they're, so that they're comfortable so that they're, um, so that they're able to be effective as well. You yeah, I, I definitely get that. And with Disney, it's, there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes. There's with, it's safety is our main, like top priority here at Disney. So usually we are very, very understanding to safety, whatever generation that is. Um, so I will be, if I was in a leader standpoint, whenever we do go back to work, you know, just really encouraging and talking because I believe communication is the key to anything in life and definitely communicate with my cast. You know, I'm very, I'm going to be very interested in how, especially in this Florida heat in the summer, you know, walking in the parking lot to 
you know, where I have to go for work, I get hot in my costume. It's long sleeves. It's a long pants. And, you know, if they take my temperature, I may be, I may, it may seem like I have a fever, but I, I feel fine. You know, I feel, I'm just hot from walking to the parking lot. So that's definitely, I'm very interested in how we're going to go about that, but just kind of making sure the cast will be comfortable or my employees be comfortable with whatever, like our protocol is. If we have to wear the mask, if we don't have to wear the mask, if we have to wear gloves, hand sanitizer. I know I might, I'm fine with the mask. I feel, you know, it might be interesting if we do have to wear it outside um, at work. Like I said, there's nothing official. There's all these like articles going around um, about it, but I'm fine with it. Um, but like when it comes to gloves, I that's where I kind of get weird-ish because I don't like the feeling on gloves on me. So I'm very interested, but I will definitely like if I, if they do have to make us wear gloves, I'm definitely going to go to my leader and just say, is there another way around this? Can I just carry a big bottle of hand sanitizer with me or, or something like that? But just really that communication with the cast and whatever generation they are, you know, my generation, older generation, even a younger generation than me. Um, and just communicate with them and make sure they are comfortable and they are heard because with being in such a large company, it's nice to feel that you are being heard out of one of the 70,000 of us, you know, I I'm sure Jevin has like a different outlook on that with being in the entertainment and sports world and not having 70,000 employees with one company. So definitely communication would be the key to really all this. So with my perspective, you're right, Miranda. Um, I do like when I work in LA, Mm-hmm. I saw a lot of, so working in gaming operations and entertainment, we had all different ages. We had, mm-hmm. we had a woman that was 42 to, we had a guy that was 18. Mm-hmm. Um, and the leadership styles were taking us as individuals. So knowing mm-hmm. that we all were individuals and showing empathy towards mm-hmm. our situation was very, very important for us. Um, and understanding that we all have different cases. Once you start gathering and grouping people as one, that's when you have mm-hmm. an issue, in my opinion. I yeah. don't think that you you should, in my opinion, do that. But at the same time, if you can show some empathy and say, yeah. all right, I know you might be really feeling uncomfortable about these gloves, but also putting facts into place. Like, all right, mm-hmm. this is the reasons why that we don't want you to uh, not wear it's gloves. It's safety. And, and understanding that what you touch that someone else could touch, and then that's how this contamination mm-hmm. goes. Like, yeah. But I, I've always been a human that I want to know why. So if mm-hmm. I'm understanding of why I should do something, then I'll do it. Don't yeah. just force it upon me and not tell me why mm-hmm. or let me know how it should go. Let me know the reasons why I'm doing mm-hmm. something. And so yeah. having having in, have, knowing that you have older older generations, you mm-hmm. have to show empathy towards them, mm-hmm. knowing that they might not be used to it and being okay with that. And showing that is really important and like showing that you might not understand where they're coming from because they're not your generation, Mm -hmm. but you coming in and showing that, you know, everything and showing that, oh, well, you should just do it doesn't really read uh, older generations very well because, you know, I believe they wouldn't do that to you if they were in your position. So kind of knowing each other's circumstances and situations. How do we develop? that connection with individuals if we're going to be in more of a virtual or socially distanced environment um how how do you how do you develop empathy (laughs) like how do i get to know you guys right (laughs) yeah like that's definitely the social distancing i'm gonna i'm really interested in really how that's gonna work in both theme parks hospitality shopping because 
just down here trying to going to my local Walmart. It's they're doing the best with the social distancing with the one way aisles, but people still aren't following that. I caught myself going down <laughs> one that says dude on enter. I'm like, oh my gosh. But I'm gonna be really interested in how we're gonna place that and reinforce that. Um, but I know just from personal experience during this whole last couple months is getting a direct phone call from a leader. And that's how it made it personal. And it was not just a five minute, hey, how's it going? It was an actual conversation. I think that might be put more in the place, um, like off the clock when later on, like, hey, I'm gonna call you tomorrow at noon, you know, make sure you're available or work with them to see whatever time um, is good for them. Or, you know, with that social distancing, that might be a little bit complicated <laughs> with like an in a, such a, like an office setting, you know, maybe not be like in like a smaller office, but maybe go into a conference room if you have that ability to and sit down and have that one on one meeting, still keeping that social distance um, and everything. But if we do have to, you know, phone calls, that's definitely I personally like that getting that personal phone call from a leadership and making it personal and checking in and, you know, talking what makes me comfortable, what makes me not comfortable, you know, and really, I'm really curious when we do, you know, eventually get back up is how we are going to, you know, adapt to this, you know? It's so interesting uh, because I really feel that she's really awesome. And I love you, Miranda. You're very great. You're doing, you're doing <laughs> awesome because I like, like your perspective because I have a totally yeah. different perspective. Yeah. I, I really loved, um, so because I had to go online for my tutoring and because I had to go online for my classes, I actually learned more from my tutoring online and being in video than I would have in person with everyone around in the room. Yeah. yeah so I, I was able to take, so for instance, for example, um, graphic design. I literally learned so much from my tutor online with me, looking at the same screen as me and being able to watch where her mouse goes and really paying attention than yeah. having other students in the same room and in, in, in like maybe another cubicle or another's desk talking while I can hear them still because yeah. for some reason I have really sometimes bad ADHD, um, but that's okay. And, and I know that about myself. So knowing that I learned so much more online and being able to have mm -hmm. a Zoom call with a tutor really helped my, you know, helped everything with education. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and then going into like bosses and having that, I, um, I told, I was, I think I was talking to you today, Miranda, I had a call with a past boss from LA for six hours. Mm -hmm. We literally were so in the zone yeah. and talking about everything from the past. And like, wow. we were able to have that connection <laughs> and be able to have the, the, the contact that we used to yeah. normally have over video chat. So that's be in the zone and be able to talk to someone for that long <laughs> and still feel the same in a video yeah. chat is unbelievable. That's and, incredible, Javin. I can't even yeah. talk to Dennis that long. Yeah. Uh, so, but you don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just one of those things that I don't think video chatting is going to be um, the next big thing, but I believe yeah. it'll help us understand going forward and how better to, to treat the situation if we have yeah. to. Um, so I really like video chatting. I think to me, mm -hmm. it's a very w good way to show there's like, uh, for me, my tips for video chatting um, is look at the face, look at their eyes. Mm -hmm. When you're talking to someone, you know, 
when they're they're looking differently you're you know their feelings yeah. you know that you might not be physically in there involved but if you can connect with their eyes and you can connect mm -hmm. with, with how they look and their uh, expressions then it, it's no different than me standing in front of you i'm doing the same thing it's just we're not video chatting yeah so it's just adapting to understanding that it's not a bad thing we have to as a society mm -hmm. sometimes accept it for what it is and then when we get the time to be in, in front of the person oh wow this is what we used to do so i think yeah. if we're okay with adapting i think it'll make better conversations when mm -hmm. we're in person disney as well as sports teams you guys both i think sell emotion mm -hmm. right like we have a strong connection to yeah. get, getting into that story and, and that's what our connection is and, and it grows mm -hmm. from there how how do you think that is going to be able to i guess continue as kind of your key deliverable as a product right yeah uh, in the new kind of whatever our new normal might be yeah i think that's going to be like our biggest challenge and i'm i love challenges that's that's a big personality with me is i love stepping up and facing these challenges but and that's definitely with all this time i've had i've been thinking about like how is this going to be the new normal because we i'm thinking about a normal day in the parks you know we have parades we have fireworks we have meet and greets we have you know dining how is this going to all change especially with attractions how are we going to seat people you know shows are we going to do every other row you know it's it's definitely going to be interesting how we go, we're going to do this and i have disney has its way of making it happen like there's been a lot of work going on behind the scenes that half of us don't even know even us cast members we don't even know and i think it's going to be really interesting with how are we going to do these parades how are we going to do the fireworks viewing are they going to do kind of like a pre-recording every night or a live stream you know it kind of all goes back to that technology and everything and i definitely think with our guests they are very loyal to our brand so i think they'll just be as happy just to walk through the grace as regardless just being able to escape you know back in escape the reality and come back into that comfort zone i think is that that's really what's gonna make people happy i know I'm, i'll just be happy walking into the park again you know <laughs> and being able to grab you know a popcorn or just walk around and you know see and not take anything for granted anymore you know i never did before but just the simple things i think that's a big thing i'm taking out of this whether it's a hug from a coworker are walking into the theme parks, which are literally my backyard. And it's just been hanging, like it's been looking, like it's so weird driving through property. It's like, wow, this is crazy, you know? But I think with how our guests are so loyal to these brands, whether it's sports, anything, we'll just be happy just that, even watch it on TV, watch hockey on TV again, you know? I know last week they just had the nighttime show at Magic Kingdom on Instagram, you know? it's they've been doing a lot on technology, you know, on social media, for example, you know, Disney's been sharing recipes, been sharing, you know, photos and everything like that. And just keeping up and keeping that emotion there and keeping the magic alive, as I want to say, you know, and I think when we go back in, I don't, I think we're going to do phases, obviously. I think once we've reopened, it might just be, you know, hey, just come in and walk through the park and, you know, attractions going. I don't, it's going to be interested with the parades because you're kind of crammed all in one spot for the parades <laughs> and fireworks. So, but I think people will be happy regardless when we open up that they can just escape their reality from home and from their state or wherever they're coming from to just come back and just 
smell the fresh air of Disney. You know, that's, that's kind of what I joke or even sports anywhere, you know, to be honest, I think I, we would, I would go back to, I would fly home to go to a Penguins game right now. You know? So yeah. I think definitely um, it's, it's going to be a challenge and it's going to be, I think we're all ready for that challenge. Um, and I'm, I'm willing to adapt to whatever, whether it's, you know, the way I seat people or, you know, the way I have to like, hey, guys, make sure there's six feet in between everybody, whether it's markings on the floor or anything like that. So I definitely am going to be really interested in how we do this. Um, but I think regardless, guests will be happy just being able to walk in the gates again. Awesome. I think it's really cool. Like mm-hmm. you're in your perspective because my mind <laughs> Hurting. Like I'm, I'm like, what is she saying? And I'm like, yeah, she's seeing great stuff. And I'm like, man. But what's weird is like my perspective is so different, and it's cool uh-huh. to hear that. Uh, being a professional mascot, um, you you have to think about. We're, I'm just another surface. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm just another thing that a, a disease or something a virus yeah. could land on. Um, and and that's pretty scary to think about. Is, is yeah. I could very well affect um someone else someone child someone adult mm-hmm. and that's really unique because being being the character that i i've been with the steelers it's it's really been great and and seeing that i get to be able to be a part of those those experiences yeah. and i have to tell you a year ago it's been my it's my one anniversary working for the steelers so being able to be there for a year without this has been great because i could mm-hmm. see what it fully was but now post covid it's going to be very unique. Like I, around mm-hmm. the league, my friends uh, have done some really cool stuff. Um, mm-hmm. The Toro from Houston, he does Zoom calls with classes. He, he goes into the classroom on on Zoom and basically interacts with the kids through a video chat. Wow. And <laughs> he's able to be able to get them excited and be able to get them to learn better and really concentrate yeah. going, oh, you know, Toro's going to be on the call today or surprise, here he is. So I think mascotting is going to come into a different form than what they've ever been before. Um, I believe we'll get back to large events, but Mm -hmm. for now, I believe mascotting is going to be very unique because we all know that we have fabric on, we're we're surface when someone touches us, they touch our hand, we see multiple people Mm -hmm. and it's hard to clean after we see everyone. Yeah. So, you know, my gloves get touched by probably, if there's 500 people at an event, at least 200 or more. Mm-hmm. And if one person mm-hmm. can spread the d- disease and the virus, think about that person that's, I'm the, I'm the basically the equal of everything. Like, I'm the one yeah. that everybody touches. So if there's someone that's, someone's going to get sick, it's going to be me. So it's hard to understand that, but that's reality. You have to yeah. understand that. You, I don't say it because I'm mad. I don't say it because I'm upset about yeah. it. I say it because it's realistic. Yeah. Um, I say it that, you know, I want to get back to normal, but I know mm-hmm. my career is taking a very big hit because I know that I'm a surface. Yeah. I know that I walk into an event and people are going to touch me no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't, you know, no one's going to say, oh, don't touch him. Don't touch, you know, yeah. the mascot. Don't get his picture <laughs> with him because yeah. it's not right. So with my job, it's going to be a lot of video, I believe. It's going to be mm-hmm. a lot of teams willing to, all right, so we have a season coming up. Are we going to do some videos with you or are we not going to have you at all? So you have yeah. to make a decision as, a, as an organization and the leadership. Where's your fan base? Where's your market? Yeah. Where do you want for them? Um, and it's really hard because I believe I have an advantage over mm-hmm. a little bit of the organization because um, I feel that you can do so many video chats. 
but at the same time, <laughs> you you can definitely see me. It's just from a distance. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and being able to go to a window and wave through the window, or being able mm-hmm. to um, go to like you know just different things. We have to be yeah. creative um, and yeah. think outside the box. And my I always say like when you when you do these certain things, you have to be cautious no matter what. Yeah. And we were cautious before this whole pandemic. And so now we have to even be more cautious of this pandemic. So a lot of online stuff. And I just, I feel like the sports experience is going to be different. Like, I don't feel like you're going to see tailgates right away. Mm -hmm. I think you'll see tailgates in a year from now. Yeah. But I don't, I don't see tailgating now. Um, I I don't know if it it, it could be bigger, but at the same time, I think people's minds, like before 9-11 and after 9-11, you didn't jump on a plane right away. Mm-hmm. you didn't travel right away like you know what I mean you kind of was cautious about it so I think mm-hmm. it's going to be the same thing with large gatherings yeah. and large groups of people um and I think people are going to be cautious about it so yeah. again that's kind of sad to think about because there goes the money line of how are we going to pay our employees where's the ticket mm-hmm. sales really paid for certain things in our stadiums when we don't have that really anymore where's that money going to come from yeah how are we going to be supported in our career yeah, like you said, there's especially like you said in, within your respective industries, both the Disney and the sports and entertainment side. I mean, like you said, it's it's predicated upon the gathering of, of yeah. people. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yes. again, it's it's not just you know the attractions of the ride or you know the team who is playing. Yeah. It's it's that plus that collective bond that everybody experiences yes. yeah. while you're there together. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, it'll be interesting to see how creative all of yeah. our organizations become. Mm-hmm to kind yeah. of deliver that for you know so can i say one last thing yeah absolutely <laughs> but i think what's really neat is i think we've been pre- we've been preparing for this in my opinion yeah. i think yeah. that the stores the pickup at the stores have been preparing us i feel the a lot of the um so my brother works for amazon and he's he's worked his his um goal is to work on the unmanned drones where they deliver packages mm. yeah so his him and his cool. team are really working on that and so that was like a year or two ago when they started all that. Yeah, I remember I that. think with this pandemic coming here, we've been really preparing ourselves for something like this, which which is not a great mm-hmm. thing. But in, in reality, in the positive, we've been really been trying to get away from always being in the store all the time. And now mm-hmm. here this is, now we really kind of can't be in the store. And here we can yeah. go to Target and I'm going to order something and it'll drop it to my car. So it's kind of yeah. neat that we've been, pre- yeah. we've been preparing for this. Yeah. What do you think, Miranda? Some final thoughts? That, that, that's interesting how Jevin said, you know, and yeah. as much as I would love to like, you know, I know Florida, we're reopening slowly, May 4th, which is May, May the 4th be with you. We love that Florida. <laughs> but it's going to be really interesting because now we have hurricane season coming up. It's going to be really interesting because as much as I would love to get back in the normal and just to be able to wake up one day and be like, yes, I could go to Target freely and go to Disney Springs and walk around. It, the reality of it is these phrases. I get the phases. I get it. And I think we are all are kind of getting cabin fever sitting inside, you know, especially with this weather. It's been so beautiful down here and our, my pool's been closed. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, and I've been getting creative with what to do. And I've been really actually kind of exploring Florida more, you know, now that, you know, exploring outside the Disney bubble and keeping, you know, being safe about it. I've been outside with the trails and everything, but it's going to be, I'm going to be really interested and we're all going to be so, I think, 
accepted to this change, whether it's taking the temperatures, wearing masks to anywhere. And I think maybe a couple months down the line, I have a feeling we might be okay we're over this we don't want to get our temperature checked you know we get we got we understood it for the first couple months but now come december or you know in the fall it's like okay like i think we might start getting kind of impatient and kind of not wanting to adapt to that even though it's for our own safety and it's for our own health um so i'm really curious how that's gonna go and you know i we i see some challenges you know whenever um I'm at work, you know, some people aren't willing to cooperate, whether it's, you know, with the, how our ticketing system is or anything like that. I'm really curious how the older generation or in, really anyone at this point is going to be able to adapt to these changes. You know, the state, our company, anything makes, you know, and I think this was kind of a really big eye opening for a lot of us, you know, to really not take anything for granted, you know, or, uh, yeah. you know, just kind of how much time we spend at work. You know, how much time and, you know, I know, you know, some people kind of fear of having to call out of work or miss work because they aren't, they have a cold, you know, there have been a mm -hmm. couple of times, especially at school, like I would, I'm fortunate enough, I don't get like super, super sick. I'll get like my sinuses every couple months, you know, that I would go to class and, you know, I would have like the sniffles or a headache and I think it kind of opened our eyes to like the workplace that we are working in, that we're so afraid to call out of work that we have to go to work kind of feel, not feeling a hundred percent. So I think that's, I hope it would change the way the workforce kind of looks into that, you know, like sure. if you have a fever, like, I know they say that, but then when it actually comes, like, it's like, Oh my gosh, Stay like, home. my job and mm -hmm. everything. So I, I'm really curious how this is, the, what's going to happen you know i'm ready for the challenge i'm ready to you know slowly get back in the swing of things even though i just want to jump right back in you know i think we all do but it's going to be a lot of patience to be honest with you we're going to have a lot of patience um and we have to be able to adapt to all the changes i think we're going to also be thankful i think i yeah. think when we oh gosh, when yeah. we go back we're going to be more mm -hmm. thankful for what we can do like yeah. Um, I think that, like, as a medical standpoint, like, I had leukemia as a kid. And so, mm -hmm. you know, looking at it now, like, I have a different perspective of, like, oh, well, we have to wear face masks. Well, I did as a kid. Like, um, yeah. so it was just kind of one of those things. But now, I think people are now going to not take it for granted, in my opinion. Yeah. I think that going to a sporting event, going to Disney World will be mm -hmm. exciting. And it'll be more yeah. like, wow, like, I'm not going to take this for granted when, oh, my God, I have to stand in lines. You yeah. Know, no, I get to jump oh, yeah. on this line and be a part of this ride because... I wasn't before. It wasn't like, like your class, Patrick, like going to Disney World. Like I, I really like right now, I'm like really hoping it can happen because I would love to be able to go to Disney World and, yeah. and be yeah. a part of it again. <laughs> I live here and that's like, it, it's kind of like a little kind of refresher for almost me because I was so, you know, busy working. I was on an opening team. So we were running around trying to make everything, you know, right for this opening and that I kind of forgot the magic. And I am mm -hmm. excited to whenever I'm able to get back in the work to kind of be able to put my name tag on again. And our yeah. president um, has been absolutely phenomenal here at Walt Disney World. We're sending out emails and all his like talks and just has been so motivated with us and just to not lose hope and to be I'm so thankful, you know, to be with this company and everything. 
but it just kind of like it was a refresher to me because I kind of mm-hmm. just needed to take a step back and be like, wow, you know, this is, this is, you know, kind of a little refresher, like kind of becoming a cast member again. It's going to feel like that magic again whenever we get back into work again. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think you both hit on a, a really important point is, you know, whether we liked it or not, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of this time has really forced us to slow down and you know, we're yeah. still working as best we can. But as you said, Miranda, and as you said, Jevin, you know, we're getting out and we're exploring other yeah. things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, or we're talking with friends more or we're connecting yes. with others more. And it's, mm-hmm. it's um, I think in the long run, it, it will really help us. Like yeah. you said, I think, yeah, I, I think we'll get, and we'll get back to some new normal, whatever that may be called. Yeah. But I think one of the things that's going to stick with us is that, that, you know, that, that patience, a little bit more time to <laughs> yeah. relax a little bit. Right. Yeah. So, you know, Dennis and I, you know, we want to thank you so, so much yeah. for joining us today. Sure. We, we appreciate guys. having you here. Yes. And uh, like I said, you guys are always welcome. Then maybe we'll have you on here in the future. Yeah. 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 We're always it. down to talk about anything. Yeah. <laughs> thank you both. Yeah, uh, excellent. Right. No problem. Well, Patrick, I thought that was uh, very interesting. I thought our guest did a wonderful job. Um, I don't have too many closing thoughts except for uh, I really thought it was uh, really interesting how they really focused in on adaption and, uh, you know, to change. And that was kind of their their focus. And I thought it was really uh, important that uh, we, we know that our future leaders are um, – how do I want to put it more, more adapted to change? Uh, again, I think that's important. And I think they uh, expressed themselves very well today and uh, provide us with a lot of things to, to think about, uh, to uh, analyze and uh, kind to apply because really do any of us really know what's going to happen here in the near future, or how things are going to play out. But at least I think that uh, our young leaders are uh, thinking about it. And they're also, um, they're very uh, aware that uh, there are going to be changes and they're, they're getting ready for them. So those were kind of my final, final thoughts. So Patrick, what are your final thoughts? Yeah, uh, all very relevant. And as we bring this episode to a close, I think we should be reminded that with every roadblock, you know, a detour is built. And with every ending, a new beginning is defined. Um, so embracing challenge is what makes life interesting. And, but overcoming is what makes life meaningful. So just as our guests exemplified, you know, we encourage each of you to begin today. You know, don't wait until the conditions are perfect to begin because it's an opportunity cost that you're losing in the end. So with that, Dennis, thank you. Angelo, behind the scenes, thank you. And yes. we'd like to take a moment and again, thank all of our guests, Hannah, Emily, Jevin, and Miranda for joining us today. We'd also like to take a moment and thank the Department of Employment and Labor Relations at Indiana University of Pennsylvania and the Roland School of Business at Point Park University for their ongoing support of this podcast. And as always, acknowledge the tremendous support provided by Angelo behind the scenes, our technical wizardry. If you've not done so, make sure you check out his podcast, Spinning Thoughts. It is globally renowned and phenomenal to listen 
interviews, exclusive music premieres, and album reviews, check it out. There's a new episode dropping almost weekly from what it seems. You know, we'd also like to thank our dedicated listeners from around the world. I mean, it's amazing. We have folks coming from New Zealand and Australia and Japan and China. It's, it's really cool. So we love hearing from you guys. And check us out on Instagram at Purposeful Leadership. Uh, we're always trying new things, everything from getting new content in our podcast, but also we're going to hopefully work on some live video for you guys as well. So until next time.